Hey everyone, happy to have you here for another episode of Legacy Matters. Today, as usual, we will talk about whatever comes up with a slight leaning toward discussions of preserving your legacy, preparing for things to come, and sharing stories we find amusing. <laughs> okay, good, good. We're, we're all ready. All right, we are recording. Okay. All right, here Sarah, we are. why don't you take it? Why don't you thank people today? Oh, me? Yeah. Oh, I'm the first to talk? Okay. I'll put you on the spot. Hi. Look at Welcome, you. everybody. All, all meek and demure. Oh. Come on, get in there. All right. I know I'm the one that never speaks into the microphone. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. Sam, Jim, and I again. And big thank you to all of our listeners. Yeah. We, for uh, taking the time to listen to us talk. and It's really nice of them to do super that. Super nice. Yeah. It's, uh, it's surprising how many people there are out there in the world who are willing to listen to yeah, and growing and us talk. Offering us great feedback and yep. et cetera. So thank you. Yep. Uh, and where can you find us? All over the place, right? I mean, if, if you're listening, haven't you already found us? Like, what's the I point hope, of... I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> LegacyMattersPodcast.com has all of the podcasts listed on uh, there if you want right. to go back. So that's a good place to start. Yep. Uh, lots of great guests. Very appreciative of the of the fantastic guests uh, that we've had. We do have, uh, a while back, we had Aaron Seymour on, who has just uh, become a friend of us and our, and our show and our family and everything else. And uh, he's managed to recommend people to us because he just is a very social guy. Mm-hmm. So uh, one of his great recommendations is here in the studio with us today. That's Amy Buchanan. Hello. Hi, Amy. Oh, Hello. Hello. She Welcome. Is. Uh, we're going to let you talk after all. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> right. Patient, patiently waiting. Yeah. You know, quietly. As, as we go through all this BS. Yeah. Well, uh, it's it's a notable thing that we have not thanked people right. for listening. So, well, thanks for coming. Hi, Amy. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know. I mean, we 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 don't rehearse. We don't talk about things. We just jump right in. So, Amy, you're from the uh, Twin Cities area here, I assume. Uh define from. Yeah, I, we don't have to go all the way back to birth and childhood. Yes, but we do. <laughs> it's deeply important in my story. All right. Yes. I'm but, from Duluth. I'm from oh, Duluth, so that's super okay. important to me mm-hmm. because. Oh, of, People from Duluth love Duluth. I well. I mean, we all love Duluth. I had to t- it took me a while to figure out that I loved Duluth because mm-hmm. I moved and left when I was sixteen, okay. and moved to the Twin Cities where I've been since. So, but now. Oh, I have questions about ache, that though. Yeah, aching for Duluth. Yeah, if I see yeah. pictures online of the North Shore and people camping, Grammaray, I cry. Is okay. it the so you're missing the landscape and that physical environment all or it, everything? All of it, the energy, the air, and it's, the smell. Um, I'm sure it's. I've never been to Duluth. I know that's what? Know, not, oh not nice God. to say. I'm Sarah, not, I'm, not I'm not from here. I will. Just give me a moment. But um, <laughs> holy no, shit! No, I've seen what Lake Superior. Happened of course, here. I've seen Lake Superior. Well, how have you seen Lake Superior? But through the Wisconsin side. Oh, oh that's nice right. She's from Wisconsin. So Ashland Bayfield, yes, that is. type of area. Uh, Mandel. Shaquamigan Bay? Uh, Mandolin Island? Yes. Madeline. Madeline. Madeline Island. You have gone out of Ashland Bayfield. Gorgeous. gorgeous. So, at any rate, just a couple of things about Duluth. Our very good friend Steph grew up in Duluth, but um, I read something about climate change coming up and how Duluth is like the ideal city to... Shh. I know, and that's what people said. They said, don't, don't 
See, we don't want anybody stop. to come. Okay, I will stop so right there. So I was recently <laughs> over in, uh, <laughs> I was over at the grocery store recently, uh, yeah. and I was so excited to be there. You know, I saw, like, all the latest soups and uh, <laughs> produce. Oh, this, is, this is you redirecting? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking so about. So we can edit right. that out? Okay. Okay. No, we can't. But you're right. It's, a, it's actually, and to be fair, I want people to understand, if you're not from Minnesota, or even if you are and you're thinking about relocating, Duluth is a miserably cold place. Oh, it's, it's terrible, awful, cold. awful place. You do not want to be there. Nope. No, pretty much. That's Perfect. Right. We got and it. it's never we changed. Saved it. we it's saved always it. stayed yeah. so cold. It's, yes. It, and it's it not even change. warm right now. And, and it's 100 <laughs> degrees out. And it looks like, like some old relic of a mining town yeah. or something. It's, yeah. it's a port city. It's, like it's just not pretty. Rocky. Oh, yeah, Rocky Hill. You never go without shoes. Constantly right. uphill. It's yep. like everything's uphill. It's Everything terrible. is uphill. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So it's an awful place. You got the hell out of there and came to Minneapolis. But I wanna... At that point, it was get the hell out of there. Right. I had just seen Purple Rain, and I was like, I'm oh, going to Minneapolis oh, oh, oh. to there be a you singer. Go. It's right. true. Right. Oh, is that so? Is that part of your connection with Aaron as music community? Yeah. 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 yeah so you sing. I do. Oh. Yeah. So I know a little bit more about you. See, so. he does okay. research. I do do some research. You should. I yeah. want to. Before you get into all of that, I want to go to one thing, and you could, if, if whatever. But you said sixteen. Was that was that sanctioned by your parents? Was this an okay thing? Did you Bizarrely did you tear out enough, of there? Yes, I did. And my dad gave me seven hundred dollars in the parking lot of a grocery store, <laughs> which I used to buy a car, which we then drove. And Highway to Hell was on the radio, and oh I was my. in the back seat crying as we drove to Minneapolis. That's a true story. Uh, wow. Crying for excitement? Fear. Fear, wow. yeah. I was 16. Yeah. And yeah Highway to Hell was on. What were I you mean, doing leaving town at 16? What was good that? question, Dad. And, yeah. and who were you with? My girlfriends. Yeah. So how so many girls? So we all quit high school. You did? Yeah. Quit? Quit. Just done, and that's uh, locked out. Next stage. I okay. got kicked out because I skipped constantly. God, yeah. I was really, well, really, really close to leaving high school at sixteen too. It's just an interesting thing that you that you did that. My that's, son did it too. Did he? Yep. Okay, and that's great. I tried to discourage him. Yeah. But well, I of didn't. course, as a parent, you have to, right? Okay, so so you're in the car, <laughs> ACDC's going. You that know, is you're true like, too. I mean, you're just you and your girlfriends are here. Where do you guys land here in Minneapolis? Like, oh. how does this happen? Like, well, you know. The did you did the you swing by opens. Crystal by any chance? Nope. The scene okay. opens on Hennepin Avenue, <laughs> okay. driving down the wrong way because it oh. was a one way, and we pulled over and we're like, "This is where people go, right? They go to Hennepin Avenue." Yeah. And we were driving the wrong way. We got pulled over by the police. This is where we literally drove to from Duluth. I love it. It's true, and and I don't remember what happened after that. We we went to a friend's cousin and. The cousin's boyfriend owned a pool hall, and the cousin's pool hall boyfriend had a friend who owned an apartment building, and he liked <laughs> young girls. And oh, we moved in. Oh. Right, and, and do you move into like uptown area or Rice Street? Oh, it was oh, bad. wow. Okay, yeah, that's that. Rice Street. That's gritty, why I really gritty. struggle with the east side of St. Paul. No offense, people, but right. I had some early beginnings there. Oh yeah, yeah. That yeah. somehow or other, we managed to uh, sort of offensively bag on every community in in the area, even though we love them all. But like Crystal gets. So I'm Shit from upon. Crystal. Crystal. So, well, so it just well, has I, a bad name. It sounds like drugs. <laughs> well, bad and, drugs. and it is. You know, it's kind of. I mean, well. 
that's not a fulfilling one. prophecy. That right. shit's real. <laughs> right. Can I say that's shit? What, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you can. Yeah, Crystal, I mean, yeah. So, <laughs> Anyways, so you land there. You're 16. Rice Street. You're not in Ugh. school. Yeah. What do you do then? I mean, are you guys... I mean, you know, do you just start rocking? I mean, I started, you're kind I of a, a fake, rocker. I got a fake ID immediately from mm-hmm. some friend of my other friend. And uh, I hit the music scene. Yeah. And um, I ended up meeting up with some people who were in a funk band at mm-hmm. a place called Sylvia's on Cedar. Yeah. Which was a big funk scene back then. And Prince was huge. The Purple Rain was huge. And so I was in a band called Platinum, which was with some people who were in a band with Alexander O'Neill. Mm-hmm. And the first... Um, version of Flight Time with Terry Lewis and Jimmy Jam. So I ended up in a band with these guys who then ended up, and we would play around town, and it was um, a bit of a culture shock for me because coming from Duluth, it was all white. Mm-hmm. And I ended up oh, in this yeah. um, all African-American scene because I, I just loved the music, and that's right. where I learned how to be in a band was in that scene. And it was, I was very often only the, white per- the only white person uh-huh. in, in the area. And... Uh, that was really interesting as a 16 year old i was in a robbery with alex where they held us up with machine guns and made us take off our clothes and lay in a pile i was on tour with alex in 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 in, uh, alabama where alex did not show up to the gig and he was in another state and we're on stage in a formerly segregated theater Mm -hmm. and i'm doing my little background singer dance waiting for alex to come on so we can sing fake and he didn't show, and we had to tell the audience, and they were pissed, and I had to be escorted to our bus away because wow. people were angry. And yeah. So I've had a weird year at, the, at that year. Yeah. At 16. <laughs> Just. Yeah, and, and so were you singing in Duluth? I mean, were you... No. No? No, so, I just sang in my house and to my tape recorder. Okay. So you land here. You kind of befriend a bunch of music, musicians right away, but... Your girlfriends that were traveling with you, were they musicians too? No. Yeah. Okay. So you just... Did they hit? stick it out or did they go home? Oh, no. We all stuck it out. Yeah. Yep. We all stuck it out. Yep. Oh, yeah. Okay. So then so, so then, what happened? So you've got a couple years. I mean, what happens? I, I, I'm very fascinated. So what? what's 20? The age 20, 20? Like, you know, 16 to 20. I mean, you're living here. You're on Rice Street. Well, that didn't last long. That was very short term, and then right. I lived in about seventeen other places. Yeah, um, my girlfriends and I, we'd you know live in these one bedroom apartments, and mm-hmm. we were all so young. Um, we'd steal like silverware from the restaurant, so we'd have you know silverware <laughs> in our apartment. Classic. It was crazy, but so I was in this band, met a lot of people, um, and then I moved to Minneapolis, and I. Um, I'm trying to skip over some parts that I'd like to yeah, leave out, and I'm trying to figure out where to sure. pick back up again. So just sure. give me a second as no, I visualize it, the timeline. Well, let's do, let's do, think do, of. Do. do you have a favorite apartment during those years? Mm. I mean, did, was there one that was kind of cool? I used to live on West Seventh Street, above Pool Hall, that was right above the original Cassettes, okay. and. Um, that was really cool because, you know, I was still of the age where Coke and pizza is something you can eat every day. Mm-hmm. And so I would go down there and get, like, <laughs> hot pizza and Coke, and oh, it was great. And I had right. brick, brick walls. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love some of the old buildings around town and those, those fun kind of grungy apartments that people get when they're younger. 
This one was lovely. Yeah. And had skylights. Oh, oh. that is nice. I know. Yeah. That kind of yeah. set me on the path. I've always, uh, you know, we'll get into the story later about how I love home decor and furniture and I design. And that's where it started, I think, was living yeah. in all these different apartments as a kid and always rearranging my furniture and always to, like, get new furniture because, like, we had to move really quick and had to throw away the other furniture. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know? And those days, I mean, for, for people that know, I mean, Uptown was so interesting. You know, Minneapolis was just really raw. I mean, you know, the music scene was huge. There was a lot of places to live, oh, you yeah. know, where you could just be young too. and kind of just roll in and say, hey, I'm looking for a place. And it wasn't, it you know, there didn't, wasn't a big background check. There wasn't point. a big credit thing. It was like, I've got money. I can pay you. And it's like, okay. And then, you know, and then the warehouse district too for rehearsals space. I, where did you guys rehearse? Um, who? You, your bands. Like My bands? Yeah. Oh, all kinds of places. Yeah. Um, I grew up in the warehouse district shortly after, well, I started in St. Paul, mm-hmm. and then after all that, I ended up over in Minneapolis, which is where I got excited about the music scene, and I shifted from being in kind of the funk and R&B scene into the rock scene. That's where the shift happened there, because mm-hmm. I am a rocker, yeah. but I also love disco, and I also right. love R&B, and I also love hip-hop, so yeah. it goes all directions for me, but... um the warehouse district, damn. I rehearsed at 4th and 4th, very uh-huh. famous rehearsal space that was across the street from uh, the police station. And that place was just floor after floor after floor of bands. It was yeah. the Magnolias. It was, I don't know if anyone will remember, the Spode Crows. It was Steinhaus. It was um, the Pilgrims were there. That was my first band, rock band. Okay. Um, and we rehearsed there. Um, it was just party right. world. Right. It was constant parties yeah. and bands and yep. fights, and yeah, throwing yeah. beer bottles <laughs> off the roof, right. onto the ground, in front of the police station. You know, just and there was a restaurant downstairs called Chessons. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I lived at the Harmony Lofts for many years, where Andrew Cunanan killed his first victim, mm-hmm. the Johnny Versace. Oh murderer. yeah, yeah, yep. yep. And uh, yeah, I lived at. Um, I lived in the Colonial Warehouse. I lived in the Tyler Street Warehouse. Yep. I did the whole warehouse living thing, which was super influential to me as an interior designer and a designer because, again, I was, you know, taking stuff and making my own furniture and learning how to conceal my bed because I was living illegally. Right. Yeah. God, the, the good old days. The, the those good are, old days. Those, I mean, those are good old days. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, he was living the good old days up until just a few years ago <laughs> because he had <laughs> he had a studio. He had a studio. I'm always living the good old days. So <laughs> nice. I had a space above uh, Nate's clothing. Oh yeah, during I those told, times. I know that you know, building, yeah. yeah, and we we would have huge parties. But I was totally. art art guy, so we had a. I shared a studio Art's with different a than bunch music. Of, yep. Yep. So, but. But not really. But I mean, I'd go over to that building. I mean, I had Harmony friends. Lots. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Party yep. Central. So, yeah, it was all sort of this party sort of downtown vibe. And the Wyman, Wyman building at that time had yeah. all the galleries in yeah. it and the new French cafe. I yeah. mean, I lived there. Really? Oh, yeah. That's where I started Le Cirque Rouge. We started in yes. the new French bar space. Yep. Yeah. So that was, yeah. So you've got a. You've got all kinds of things. Do you, you have I was, some shared I history? I wasn't sure how to parley into yeah, that. Yeah, right. You know? Because <laughs> we're, we're going back so far right now. Well, yeah. I mean, not really, but... We yeah. are going back far. I'm 51, so okay. this is going from, yeah. you know, age 19 to now. Right, 
Right. Had a long well, you two so far. came up in the same era then. You were, yeah. you were, you were probably yeah, we're at the same, same parties yeah. at cool. certain times and stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We have a lot of mutual friends, Oh, actually. cool, yeah. Yeah, because I cyber-stalked you before no, you came you in here. No, you should. That's your so, job. It's not yeah. cyber-stalking. <laughs> <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, plus, he's so, just good at cyber-stalking. That's Jim's... It's research. It's one of his yeah. things. He loves it. Well, let's not creep people out. Yeah. Shame, okay. shame shuts down the learning center. Right. He's right. a researcher. Let let's, him let's flourish. Let's take it back a notch, okay? It's, it's you know. good. Oh, Jim, you do Jim. you. It's good. Yeah. I love it. I respect your research skills. Thank you very much, Amy. Thank you. Uh, All right. So, needless to say, you learned a lot between 16 and 20-something moving around. Oh, yeah. <laughs> growing up Apartments. in town. Yeah. Okay, so, you know, how, how do we go? Currently, right now, we could go, how did you get into the burlesque? I mean, how did that happen? I mean, you know, we're jumping from music, and how did music end? Has it ended? No, no it you're hasn't still ended. doing music right now. I'm on a pause right now because um, I'm feeling deep frustration. Okay. Oh. But um, you go from a point of, you know, I, my first band was when I was. 21 and um and to go from being i mean my era was so i mean how do i get into this as a woman it's so commodified on your looks and Mm. i've had Mm. you know Mm. i've been working in music professionally since i was 16 so to go from being the hot new thing in the city in the twin cities to being a 50 year old woman who now is i mean that's one reason i went more into art is because that's just for me i always knew it would be the natural progression for myself as an artist i would be trading on my looks to a certain degree at a younger age and then when i got older it would be about something else and um that's the way i think the market just worked right and still does Mm-hmm. I don't know. And that makes a lot of people uncomfortable when I talk about that. But oh, I know no, but a lot of women in the business who, you know, we've got secret Facebook pages where we talk about being invisible. And, oh, yeah, I was in, you know, you go into a music store and they don't know who they're talking to. They think it's just some older woman looking for some strings for a kid. Right. So, you know. How do you, how do we change that? I think we look, continue to remind ourselves of people like Lucinda Williams, mm-hmm. who came about, you know, she came on our radar, I think, as an older performer. Um, and there's more of that. There's some great local um, women who seem to me to have been, you know, coming kind of out into a, a more common knowledge, and they're older. Mm-hmm. I put that very poorly, but you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so I think we just stop looking at women and expect them to be sexy. You know, and expect yep. them to be good. Well, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going I'm to get myself into just shitloads of trouble if I start talking about this stuff. But, I mean, I completely agree with you. I feel like, I feel like uh, in an era before uh, too much television and everything, you could be... There were a lot of performers who weren't all that attractive because they were just... They were a voice coming through a radio, and you just had to have a really good voice or something. That's what, I feel like that was maybe the case, but but the more the the looks are commodified, like you say, and and the more I don't know it's modern commercialization era. of it. Yeah, where it bothers me, where having my niece is six years old now, and she's not watching a ton of TV. But then again, what are the? I'm not going to name specific names, but I see these artists that come on, and it's to me, it's a manufactured package by. It's not real. It's not real, and so she is 
than thinking that's how she needs to look or what she needs to do. And I do think about that. I mean, you have a daughter, too. It's the same well, thing. You want them to be... I have a daughter, but you're raising a son. I'm raising two two boys. It's, uh, it's yeah, important for me to... It like some of it has to start there. Like I have to teach my mm-hmm. boys the right way. So I, you know, about I've, ideal beauty, like what the difference is between idealized beauty and real beauty. Yes, that's what you need to teach them. And I've joked right. with them like, oh, we don't let ugly people become professional singers anymore. Like you know, it, it just doesn't you look around. Oh, Tisa but we do. I know. Just kidding. And that's well. And I, I feel like that's the pendulum is sort of that. swinging. I have syndrome. <laughs> I do. That's okay. Don't worry about it. But I feel like things are almost getting better (laughs) because the power has kind of shifted away from a label. And the the labels would be the ultimate sayer of who gets to be in and who doesn't. Some can slip in. I think that Mm -hmm. they allot for, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe... 10 15 percent of the whole can can, can be unattractive a little, a little bit unattractive yep. at least if right. they're really really good they gotta be great they gotta be super great Re- like susan what's her name from yeah the, susan you know she was Boyle? damn good Boyle. yeah but yeah. they yeah. could not what a deal deny her right i mean it wasn't i mean it was sort of like look we found a, we found one we found an ugly person that can sing like it's they made such a huge issue well the it. whole thing is just it's all based on commodifying people they love it when it crashes and burns they love it when it's rising up from the flames and they just are there to commodify that and make some money off of it and but now you can sell your you can sell your art your music art in so many different ways i feel like it's giving a lot of people who you're maybe not going to get rich the like the pretty famous person but you've got a lot of different ways to get your voice out to people that yeah, you didn't have before. Yeah. So. And you can support yourself doing it, I right. think, you know, especially yeah. if you're, you know, diversifying. Yeah. I mean, it has become a lot more accessible now to do that. But when you were in your band, I mean, that was a very difficult time. I mean, that was hard to produce something. Which you know time? What I mean? Which time? The mm-hmm. early times, you know? I mean, it's hard to, I mean, you have to record something. I mean, the recording process was expensive. You know, and daunting. No, it <laughs> she wasn't. Her head. No, it was okay. Well, my first band, we just were given our time for free because oh. they thought we were so good. Oh, okay. There you go. I had very special. I'll name drop now. Yeah. Um, I had very special. My first band was with Chris Osgood and Bruce Allen from the Suicide Commandos and mm-hmm. um, and the Suburbs. Yeah. And they, oh. I met Tom Cook, who was the drummer for the Magnolias, delivering my little newspaper that I published about the music scene in Minneapolis. I published a newspaper for a year. And, and what was um, the name of it? It was called Anne, She Said. And yeah. it was, um, I was the editor and the publisher. And my dad um, gave me the money to do it. I was, I said, at, at, at this time I had a, still the fake idea. I turned of age in First Avenue, literally, that night and got <laughs> busted that night. Was it um, 18 at the time? No, it was, it was 21. It was 21. Okay. But um, so I was delivering my little newspaper to uh, the electric fetus where Tom Cook worked. And he said, oh, he hit on every girl. Still does. Sorry, Tom. <laughs> um, and uh, he hit on me. And um, he said, well, yeah, you're, so you're a singer, huh? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm a singer. And he goes, well, you should come and check out my band. I'm in this band with these dudes. I'm like, okay. So I went, and it's these guys. And we hit it off right away. And that was my first band. Um, and uh, why was I bringing that up? Oh, well, because I had it, yeah. very interesting people in my band. And, right. and it was lovely Dave Pinsky, who owned a studio over in South Minneapolis. And he said, you guys are great. Why don't you come in the studio and, and record? Or maybe we paid. I don't know. 
but it certainly there wasn't. Was that obstacle. Yeah. I'm wrong. I was in another band after that <laughs> called The Coolidge Effect, and Dave Pinsky did give us um, time on spec, it was called. He gave us time on spec. That went nowhere, so sorry you lost, Dave. Um, <laughs> but The Pilgrims, salty. I think we paid, but it wasn't that much. Right. It was doable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was hard to still then distribute the music, and how do you get it out? Then how do you, it was totally yeah, different. Right. How do you get people to hear it? Go to KQ. They wouldn't play it. That was oh, there was God. no stations even in town. Well, we got played on um, the radio. K? I don't remember. Oh. No, radio K didn't come till '93. Okay. But, um, who cares? It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I don't want to try to even think about that. Thank yeah. God. <laughs> oh, I'm kind of glad you took a, a step away from that. This is super interesting for Jim. About recording and stuff. Just no. I mean, just oh. trip down memory lane. Yeah. 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 That yeah. sort of, well, and that era. I mean, it was yeah. it was a really, you know, I did I wasn't part of that. Right. Twin I, I graduated City. in '93, so I wasn't coming down to the cities and doing much partying until '95-ish or something Late like that. Late bloomer. Yeah, yeah. I'm, well, I'm young, younger than I look. You know, all this gray hair, uh-huh. gray beard. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> so I didn't. I you know because I don't research. I didn't know you were that heavy into the music thing. I that's great. Now I feel like a jerk for not knowing things. That's okay. But, right. but you have uh, you you were talking about burlesque, but oh, you, you have asked a shot. Me. Correct. Yes. Yeah. What? Yep. Yeah. How did you get into that? Yeah, how you did asked that me that happen? earlier. Yep. So um, I was in recording studio recording with. See, I just mm-hmm. love recording. So when you ask me, is getting into the studio and recording hard? No, because I record myself. I also. I like to record, so I knew a lot of people who recorded, and um, my son's father owned a recording studio, and we were there recording one night, and um, we were just improving. and I did this song with uh, some people, and I had never done this style, I'd never worked with a piano player who had played this style, but it was an all ragtime kind of bump and grindy piano, and I started improving some vocals over it, and I just ad-libbed this song. It was just totally off the top of my head, and we were recording, and um, that song was this old-timey kind of cabaret song, and I was like, what the hell was that? And I thought, wow, I wonder if I should start, like, a cabaret. And I had friends who had worked at Sheik's Strip Club, and I used to go down and see them, and the one girl I really liked a lot there was the only one who wore a black little bob, all white with fringe and long gloves, and she was the only one I liked. All the rest of them just looked like regular exotic dancers, and so... um, uh, Regular exotic dancers? Are we going to put all exotic dancers into one bucket? They don't... And <laughs> at the time, this was 2003, there Sticking was a generalized the um, description of a stripper that I think, or an exotic dancer, that I think you could have given if they were at work at the time. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Thong, mm-hmm. hair extensions, mm-hmm. really high oh, heels, yeah. tan. Yeah. All right. Yeah. This girl was pale. She had black hair. She was not blonde. She was different than the rest of them. Very she stylish. was the only one who looked like that. She looked vintage. And so I had never forgotten her, and I thought, I should start a cabaret and burlesque show. So I lived in the Harmony Lofts, which is across the street from um, Sex World. And I'd gone over there to um, get cigarettes, which always was weird because, you know, I'm going into sex world, but they sold cigarettes, so I ran over there. Yeah. And I, when I went in there, I had just smoked some pot, and I was like, whoa. <laughs> you could buy, if you were in a bind and you needed to get Christmas presents, 
you could get stuff here for people. Booby ice cube trays, um, you know, some sexy, sexy shoes. You know, and I started walking around. I started writing because kind of a writer. And I started writing kind of a little essay about how sex world could be your, you know, one-stop Christmas shop. shopping one destination. One-stop <laughs> desperation shop because they're open. And I ended up walking around and, and then this woman was behind the, the glass, you know, and she'd do a little show. I said, can I interview you? And she said, yeah. And um, so I gave her 10 bucks and I was like, what's the weirdest thing you ever saw? And she told me, and I'm not going to tell you because it's too much. And um, so then I just was walking around. I'm like, huh. I should have a red light district block party. And um, I was like, and I wrote it down. It says this, wait a minute, I should. So Le Cirque Rouge started out as a block party that I wanted to do to take over um, the new French's Bastille Day, which I thought mm-hmm. was the best block party in town yeah, for a long right. time. That was the best one, besides the Loring block party. This one was great. And um, it had since they closed, no one was doing a block party. So I thought, hey, I'll get it going. I got permits. I started lining up biffies. I needed someone to handle the liquor license. So I went into the people at um, Urban Wildlife. <laughs> okay, and I said, yeah. hey, do you guys want to provide the liquor? And we'll do a block party out here. I'm getting this thing together. And um, he said, yeah, what are you going to do? And I'm like, oh, blah, 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 cabaret and burlesque. And we're going to fly these people in from New York and get them, the Pontani sisters, to perform. And... Anyways, he said, well, why don't you do a show here in the old New French Bar? And I was like, okay. It was literally that fast. He said that, and I said, okay. And so we did it, and I just busted some ass and lined up some friends to give me a sound system, and another friend worked for Menards and donated some wood. And not that he stole it, but he just, right. he worked some there, wood. got a discount. Some, like He's a nice guy. Fours. Nice guy. <laughs> They're still looking for the wood. No, yeah. no, he and was so great to do that. But, you know, and then the people over at the, the Monte Carlo, um, the Ramarchek family, they sold me some chairs really cheap, and yeah. they might have given them to me, I don't remember. But everyone chipped in, and, and I, uh, we had a little fundraiser, and... Uh, some friends helped me put it on. I put an ad in the newspaper at the time, the city page. I ran oh. an ad oh, looking for man, performers. That's old school. We had auditions. Oh. Yeah. Um, my son, he sat there with me. They didn't strip or anything. We had people. We wanted musical yeah, this people. This is burlesque, right? Well, we wanted. I'm a musician, and I came at this from a very different angle from I think where burlesque has gone since then. It's there's usually not a band in any modern burlesque. Okay. It's usually canned music. It's usually not old timey anymore. People are doing more modern stuff. And, oh. So I wanted it to be really old time. I wanted old jazz, 1920s through the early 50s, full band. I wanted singers, dancers, comedians, um, and it was going to be a variety mm-hmm. show. So, um, yeah, we held. I put together a band with my friend Jeff Victor, who I ran into last night, and um, I had a great band. And the Star Tribune got wind of it and put us on the front page of the whole newspaper, uh-huh. saying burlesque is back after 50 years. So we started out there doing three shows a week for about eight months straight, and it was brutal and beautiful. And boy, did we drink and party and smoke <laughs> and listen to Led Zeppelin until four in the morning. Time? He was three when I started. Yeah. He was at our first show along with his dad, and it was really cool. You know, there's a lot in my show um, that my son could see. It was very mm-hmm. tame. Um, I wanted burlesque to just be a playful, silly, sexy. There, you know, we didn't I do don't anything. I think of burlesque as being like X-rated. It's it can be. Can yeah. it? I mean, yeah. I, mm-hmm. Well, there flavors. was a burlesque show. Yeah, it, it Many just shades. depends. Yeah, yeah. There was a burlesque or burlesque show at the uh, casino I worked at in Vegas, and it was it was more fun. It sounds a lot yeah. more like what you're talking about. Yeah. But 
Yeah. So I, was that's fun. my only real experience with it. Yeah. <laughs> what? Well, I'm just, yeah. Well, uh, in, in the telling of that, what I took away from it is that uh, you're mighty resourceful. Yeah. I yeah. was going to say that, too. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. You yeah. just want, you see a, what you want, you just go do it. Yeah. Done. Well, so no how, one's given me anything. You know, no one would book me or let me do a show. And, you know, that's what you're talking about. Is it hard to get gigs? Yes. But that, I made my own gigs. Yeah. I did gigs in my warehouse spaces. I got, I've gone to jail for having parties in warehouse spaces. And that's how <laughs> I got gigs was creating my own space, creating my own venue, going where other people weren't doing shows. Right. So sorry I interrupted No, you. that's okay. Uh, how long a run did you do on that, then? 15 years. About yeah. a thousand shows. Yep. 15 years, wow. yeah. Yeah, it was run. fun. Yeah, that's cool. It was really fun. And well, then finally... Sounds like nothing but fun. Yeah. It was. Mostly. Yeah. And I'm very close to most people I worked with. There's few that I would prefer not to see. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's just life, right? Yeah. There's always a few people you knew in yeah. the past that you'd rather never see again. Um, we are 30-some minutes in, and we generally tend to take a break around now. Nice. Um, but And the second half is typically marked with this uh, kind of, like, now that we've gotten to know you a little bit, then we'll get into just whatever weird crap you're into these days. But you, uh, <laughs> but uh, before we take off for the break, you do have a shop. Like in, we can. Well, we were going to go into that. Yeah, or I was going into that second. Yeah. Actually, that's yeah. current times. So. Yeah, that's current times. All right, right. sounds good. Yeah, well, I think we're we're getting up to the current times. Sorry, okay, we'll we'll make it a brief one. It, it, in digital land, it doesn't matter whether it's a brief or a long one, but we'll make it a brief one. All right. Packing for a trip? Let Pack Simply give you a little help by delivering travel-safe products directly to your door in an airport security-safe pouch. Unbelievably easy and surprisingly simple. Make your life easier. Visit PackSimply.com. All right, all right, all right. Need some help with a construction project? Looking for thoughtful design and honest answers about what is possible and what isn't? Kinetic Design Build is a full-service boutique remodeling service, residential and commercial clients in the Twin Cities. Design and build with a purpose. Visit kineticdesignbuild.com to request a consolation. God, I just like, that That one, all right, that one is definitely not going to be mine. That could be oh, my favorite. Want to go on a wilderness adventure with Sam? Or maybe know a group of kids who could benefit from a break from their electronics? Maybe you just need a break from the kids. Visit earthed.org for more information about how to get started. Brought to you by the Andalin app. Preserve your memories, prepare for the future, and share with those you love. Andalin... Ah, shit. Andolin, now available in the App Store and Google Play. Visit andolin.app for more information. Do you have an idea? 
that you know deserves a digital solution, finding a partner to help navigate the digital design and application building process can be daunting. Mobile Composer, in partnership with Kinetic Legacy, offers forward-thinking design built on a stable and adaptable compliance platform. Visit mcomposer.com or kineticlegacy.us to get started building the solutions of tomorrow. Enterprise or consumer together, Mobile Composer and Kinetic Legacy offer solutions that work in a language you can understand. Interested in art? James Holmberg... (sighs) Interested in art? James Holmberg is both an artist and an art consultant. (sighs) Let James guide you to an original work that will come alive in your home. Visit jamesholmberg.com to find out more. still looking away from him i know (laughs) i know i mentioned fruit flies they're harmless little critters yeah well they're still bugs all right we're back Uh, oh yeah we are we're back um should we guest yeah fine amy Amy buchanan doer of she's still here liver of life doer of things things. i mean look at the things you've done and the life you've lived i this is that's pretty damn cool i've always thought of it as kind of being spastic yeah, I get like, that. I feel Aww. like a spastic. Let's do it. Let's do yeah. it now. You don't seem I can spastic appreciate that. to me, though. No, I think that's pretty... the, the positive spin on spastic, right. though. I get it. You're productive. I mean, maybe, maybe we just don't know you well enough. <laughs> maybe you are really spastic. <laughs> well, I'm not, but I, I consider it like a, almost like a, it's not a compulsion, but I like to take action. You yeah. Know? I want to like... Doer of Do things. it. I, don't, I just right. want to do it. So you're a doer. I am. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, that, well that people fit. can be doers. Everyone, people don't realize how easy it is to do things. So I are feel people like you're kind of in, in you're, the midst of some... I was going to say that the three of us appreciate that because it's hard for us to find other people that are the doers. Like, we just right. get it done. Oh, we want to do a magazine? Oh, I'm just going to figure it's it out. It's super easy. It mm-hmm. is. Just it's take so some easy. problem solving, a little resourcefulness, not working with much. And You know, you when I did it. a news, newspaper, I had to do the layout <laughs> oh, with God. tape and with... Uh, glue, stick mm-hmm. glue. Yeah. My first issue had hair stuck in <laughs> the tape. Wow. And then you go to Kinko's and you yep. photocopy it yep. and try to get a discount through your friend. Right. And oh, then you'd have yes. to staple them all together. You'd get your friends over there. We'd staple them all and fold them. And then who has to drive around and deliver them everywhere? You do. Me. Yeah. Yeah. But you yeah. did it. That's I what people it. who do stuff do. Yeah. Now you just put it together in InDesign and hit publish online. It's so easy. You get people to give you art. It's going to be easy. And Sell here advertising. We thought Sarah was actually working hard. Right. Sarah does all that. <laughs> I've thought several times about going back into publishing. I love the idea of publishing. And there's a cookbook I'm working on trying oh. to publish. And okay. um, it's going to be easy. <laughs> ask a bunch of people to give me recipes. Well, compared to what, yeah, yeah, I, mean, you've, I don't you've know what to say. Way. We just met, but uh, we can collaborate on yeah. anything. Yeah, we, we should talk anything about we that. want. Yeah, we well, can do anything fun. we want. That's the fun thing, you know. You can be it's as just so as fun to do stuff, and then and then we go visit you at your shop, which we'll get into. But then Jared's wife is there, like. I just love it. Yeah, yeah. that was a trip. Yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, oh. That was very surprising. Okay. I mean, it's such, a, once again, it's a small town. Yes. You know, it really is. And I just have to ask, is is there like, is she one of those people, is there like a deep, dark, sort of mean <laughs> current running through here that's just not visible on the surface? Because she seemed like the nicest 
lady ever. Danny? Yeah. Oh, yeah, she's really nice. <laughs> Is she just Yeah, that? I like her, and she's very funny. It's just one of those, like, very immediate impression was, wow, that's, that's a nice person. Like, Jarrett, I get it, you know. All of my friends who work for me, it's usually people just... Um, you know, helping out at Center for Lost Objects, but they go through rigorous training in my basement where we practice, hello, how are you today? <laughs> <laughs> Hi. Welcome to the shop. Have you been into it lately? <laughs> Is this your first time? Well, let's Hi. just go into the Basic shop. Basic customer oh, service. I think we have to do this. This is a very current, Hi. current project position. This is currently what you are doing mm-hmm. right at this moment. Do you want to share the address with us so the listeners can find Do I? Well, Amy. Amy. I will. Yeah. I, think, I know it. Yeah. yeah. It's I, I don't. Yeah. But <laughs> I've been to your we, shop. We give the wrong address. It's <laughs> like a 64 uh, oh, 22. Stop. <laughs> it's in St. Paul. That's a weird thing for me because I, I'm a Minneapolis girl. Uh, but I started in St. Paul as I mentioned in my life story. But earlier. you quickly realized Minneapolis is better. No, I was driving through my the neighborhood where my store is, and I was like, this is the next Northeast. Mm. And I oh, think yeah. I was right. And so I ended up getting in contact with the guy who was putting together the Kagan case. I had read about the Kagan case, and I thought, oh, maybe that's a good place for me to open a store. And I called him up, and he said, um, and I only bring this up because my space that the store is in is super beautiful, and it, it, it is. is. I'm yeah. really lucky to have it. And But it just came about so serendipitously. And... Um, he said, no, we're not doing any you know, retail in the keg and case, but I've got a space across the street that we haven't put on the market yet that we just decided yesterday to rent out. Oh. He said, what do you do? And I told him, and he goes, oh, yeah, that sounds perfect. Why don't we meet? And, and that was it. And uh, so it's over um, on West 7th Street across from the Schmidt Artist Lofts and the new keg and case marketplace. And it's at 957 West 7th Street. And the name of it is? Center for Lost Objects. Ooh. Which is like... The coolest it's, name. It's a jealousy-making name. Oh. Like, you you picked a really, really Thank good you. one there. Yeah. You, you've done good. Right? Thank yeah. you. Like, makes you super curious. Like, what's yeah. a lost object? Oh, right. I mean, and we love objects. Like, yeah. that's our... And we love the story behind the story objects. And, this is yep. what we do in here, you know? Yeah, and there's so much tied into what I do on a daily basis because, you know, I get a lot of elderly customers coming in and they're letting go. And then I get the young women coming in and they're taking it on to the, its next life. And, right. And it's, it's just, I've become this, like, person who's making the transfer. Yeah. You know, and I save stuff from landfills. I save stuff from alleys. And I get calls of people who are so in a different world from me they're like yeah we're gonna just throw everything into the dumpster i'm like are you serious like this is worth two hundred dollars so i'll go and you know just get it out of there bring it to the store and plus how much more crap do we need in dumpsters like we don't you know i love i love we talk about this sometimes but like you see old old uh, China or something that people are like, oh, I can't possibly use this. That's funny you just brought that up because I was going to ask you. I am obsessed with China. No one else is. Well, maybe that's fortuitous for me. (laughs) (laughs) I've got emails I'll forward to you. I really want to talk to you about that. My previous life, I worked for a very high-end China crystal silver um, store in New York and it's all freshly made but it's very story companies I just love the patterns I love the idea of mixing I would never want to buy a full I think Jim oh, you yeah. and I have talked about mm-hmm. this I don't want everything to match I want to mix and match it myself and I love the idea of going into you know at a flea market or a thrift store or whatever and picking up something and knowing it's lived this whole other life and of then meals. repurposing it for something else for current so yeah. 
I want to try and bring that trend back. I don't know how I can, but we can yeah. talk about that. Let's talk Something about, about China. China. Oh, I just love <laughs> in you know? our radio voices. In our radio voices. Yeah, that, that was really <laughs> that was quite nice. That was a nice stream, voices. Sarah. It was nice I'm, and chill oh, in China. Patterns of China. Yeah. Excite me. Colors. Right. Oh, what's that thing you talked about where people just speak really quietly? <laughs> I know. Yeah, that's, that's uh, well, it was the Michelob Light commercials oh, right, by uh, with, um, Lenny Kravitz's daughter, oh, Zoe, right? Zoe, Zoe, Zoe Kravitz. Yeah, she goes, Oh, now I'm going to fall asleep. (laughs) (laughs) At any any rate, I assume you have a lot of China. I don't. I actually have to turn it down constantly. Okay. So we're going to chat about that because I'm in the market for it. Well, let's... Yeah, why? I tell people to break it. I say, just break it and have a party. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah. All right. It's... I mean, I don't know how many... I'm not a China collector. I'm not a person who does it... a lot of people have asked me it's because we're in construction so when we're moving stuff they're like you know anywhere to put this old china or like who, who might take it and i'm like god i wish i could rescue it for you why don't people just use why it why don't people just use just it, use it every day they, don't. they have smaller families True. smaller homes people mm-hmm. are eating out so many reasons but i mean so like many. who cares well i mean we don't use it here we have these great ugly Mugs. Brand new mugs you bought. Yeah, Stop at Target. It. Don't Nobody buy any cares new about crap. China. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> really? Way to go. Way to go, Sarah. Amy, Amy, what do people care about? What like, do what, what do you, what do you think? So you have a lot uh, going on at your store. So, so there's a lot coming in. You've got your art there. You've got some jewelry. I mean, you have other artisans that are there mm-hmm. selling their artwork. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I guess I'm asking a lot of different things here in some ways, but like what is really popular at your store? What do people care about when people, they come to your store? People care the most about, um, I think, trying to keep memories fresh. That yeah. is the number one reason people come into my store. They like to look at the stuff that their grandma had. They want to cl- have the same things that their grandma had because, you know, for me, I collect stuff that looks like stuff that my grandma had, and then I Uh tell myself it was my grandma's. And then I just pretend (laughs) that I'm around my grandma's stuff. And I think that that. other people are probably just practicing some other version of that. You know, we want to be close to those things. We want to spark a memory. We want to hang on to something, the texture, the feel, the smell, you know, all that. That's the number one reason people come in my store. Man. Do you think it's... um the younger generations, meaning 20-year-olds, whatnot, that are more drawn to that, or is it just the whole spectrum of people that share that? The younger are buying. The older uh-huh. people are reminiscing when they come in my okay. store. My store is a lot experience. like a museum. Uh-huh. You know, people come in. It's a gallery. You know, it's an art gallery to a certain degree. It's my studio where you can, you know, see the stuff I'm working on, and I make stuff right there and sell it right there. Um, but so the older people come into to um, I think just go down memory lane and then I sell cards and stationery made mm-hmm. by local artists so it's all new really everything's funny or kind of a it funny is very story funny. and uh, so they buy the cards and jewelry and um, and the younger people buy the clothes and the furniture and then the older people bring in their furniture and I redo it and sell it to the <laughs> younger people and it, it's this wonderful transfer that's great yeah I, I like it it's it's uh, you know it's not a thrift shop it's not a it's just different. It's got it a really is. different vibe to it. So yeah, it's pretty unique. I mean, I know you you and I have gone to a lot of... I mean, we. I love thrift stores and sort of, you know, flea markets, know, flea markets yeah. and things like that. But um, 
the fact that you have original art in there too by artisans and then the cards i mean all of this sort of like it's very tongue-in-cheek it's very you know there's there's definitely a a, a certain sense of humor yeah in i there. think with everything yeah i really yeah. try to do that i mean yeah and how long I, have you been running that shop it'll be three years december 1st great yeah Hanging west 7th st paul go see it Th- those earrings that you made, and I don't want to talk. <laughs> I don't know if I can talk specifically about oh, yeah, them. You can. Okay, but God, those things are killing me. I mean, killing me in more ways than one. But I mean, I just love them. The, the assassin earrings. Yes, yeah. they kick ass. Thank you. Those very much. are badass <laughs> earrings. They're nothing new. And I've been new. thinking about them like ever since. Well, you, you should know, have a pair. I know. I think I I might need to. Yeah. Rock a pair one? of those. Yeah, I could do one. <laughs> yeah, oh my could, god, Jim. I could do one. God, you're bringing back the eighty. Oh my god, throw a headband. Well, I got one of those, but you know, <laughs> one of my favorite was the the old tooth earring. You know, like oh. shark's tooth or something. Yeah, it was Bear like tooth? yeah. Real tooth? Stephen Piercy used to have one. You know, I don't from Rat. That. Yeah, he said he was going to uh, bring back John Don Johnson. Don Johnson <laughs> earlier. Does Don Johnson have an earring in Miami? I feel like he does. Probably doesn't he? let that hole close. <laughs> yeah, he probably did. Probably at this at this point. <laughs> so. So I think what do my, you do for my, fun? My holes are still open. I'm, I'm busting. Pierce my own ears. <laughs> I am going to rock those earrings. Okay. Well, that so assassin earrings, they're, they're weapons. They're porcupine quill earrings, which are nothing new. But I saw them as weapons for young women. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going on a date. You're walking to get some pizza at night. If someone grabs you or attacks you, you pull it out of your ear and stab them in the eye or the neck. Or the oh, hand. God. Now and these things are thigh. sharp. Now these things talking. are yeah, oh, they're I super mean, sure, they they are cool. But they're porcupine isn't it, quills. Doesn't it sort of serve two purposes, though? I mean, not only can fashion? you fashion, fashion, well, maybe three purposes, right? But you can also you can you can kill someone with it if you, you could. Have to. If yeah. you you could actually, if you got them way deep right in the, into the neck. God, I love your yeah. style, Amy. I mean, this is the shit. I mean, she I ta- just lounged I, down I in the about, chair and, and I think about her shit like this all the time. I'm like. God, you like, know, yeah. you could just stab. But the something. third purpose is that you like you buy a, an earring that allows you the ability to pierce your own ear with the earring oh, to get it in. You know I what I mean? I did pierce my own ears when I was 13. Of course you did. Yeah. Did you use an ice was, cube on your ear? Ice cube yeah, and a potato. And a, yeah, yeah, the old potato. I could never did. do that now. No. Really? Oh. You don't think you have it in you? Nope. And why really? would you do that now? You seem like why you got it in you. No, I mean, why would you even try to do that? Oh. You know, now you just uh, go in you and just go and get a nice, bam, yeah. right? the gun. The gun. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at getting mine sewn up because I have the holes of, of a wizard's sleeve. Oh, oh no. no. Are they true? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. See, no, I have surgery. I need plastic surgery on you my earlobes. Microplastic surgery on the tiny little holes I in your ears. I do it myself. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Oh, yeah. You Ooh. gotta have thread and needle in that store. And a scalpel. Yeah. yeah. To refresh the wound. Oh. You might be able to. You could. Well, that's Deep. weird. I'm not going to. <laughs> hmm. Now you got Jim going. Yeah, I know. Now I'm like, huh, what kind of. What other surgery? <laughs> yeah, do you like surgery? No, I do I actually. Love. No, I do love watching surgery really i like yeah. getting it because it's the only oh, the time drugs. i lay down and am relaxed oh. without well, guilt i, I do the, like drugs. <laughs> the drugs alone once again oh. I, Me too. I, jim and i talk leave. about this all the time we talk about oh, oh if we could just have just an intervenous you know surgery. that would just kind of yeah i would have to just oh, lay there man. yeah that's until sounds, i was better what 
it's so yeah, nice, just my right? Full of twitching. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is. No. I found a dead kitten on the on the oh. freeway two weeks ago. Oh. It wasn't dead. It was half dead. And oh. I will not go into the details, but it was so traumatic for me that literally my eye has been twitching ever since it happened. Oh. Yeah, that's a mm. rough one. It was super bad. Can I oh. ask you? Well, I guess this is not a weird question given the conversation. <laughs> yeah, I know where you're going. Uh, do you <laughs> do you believe in ghosts and spirits? And no. I ask because you're taking in other people's ah old objects. objects. No? I'm an atheist. I don't believe in any of that. Wait I've never a experienced not one thing. Atheism. Interesting. Atheism and and the belief in ghosts are not exclusive of one another. You can you can still. I'm not you talking can be about an devils and, and I'm just. Do you think there <laughs> are other God. like dimensions and spirits and entities and things like that i don't know okay okay i've never felt anything and i do not believe that there are i believe in energy Uh um i believe in um you know like once i was in england and uh i woke up in the night um and i was like (gasps) i had a dream that my boyfriend was cheating on me and uh, called him and called him and called him and called him and called him. He did not answer. So when I got back from England, I was like, what was up that night? Oh, nothing. I just had the phone unplugged. <laughs> well, and then we broke up shortly thereafter. Months later, he admitted that was the first night he had cheated on me. Mm. So you your ESP, I believe, a premonition. Yeah. Or, yeah. Mm-hmm. I believe in that. Okay. And I believe in manifest destiny. Yes. I, I yes. say a lot. You know, yeah. we're going to have a great day at the store. Sell a lot of stuff. And it usually works. Yeah. Yeah. So I do have that. Okay. Yeah, but I don't believe in ghosts. I think that our brains, it's so interesting. I study a lot of like neuropsychology stuff and you know, our brains will so for in example, your spare time? Yeah, and so example, after I found that kitten on the freeway, mm-hmm. my brain was interpreting every smell that I would smell as the smell of the rotting kitten. And I couldn't get the smell out of my head. So like with sounds or another thing, mm-hmm. your brain is so used to hearing the sound of your dog, your dog's little chain mm-hmm. jingling. And then you hear it when the dog is dead, right? No, your brain is so used to hearing that sound. It's interpreting similar sounds as that. And, you know, you'll see something out of the corner of your eye, you know, some reflection on your glasses or something you're used to seeing sitting there. Our brains are amazing. They're going to interpret these things. It's almost like they leave shadows and echoes on our mm-hmm. brains that we an continue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, an imprint. So I believe so much of that stuff can be chalked up to that. It's and just energy. And yeah, yeah. You're, right. you're right. Yeah, interesting. That but whatever gets you through the night, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, certainly Alcohol. not everybody's going to agree. <laughs> Alcohol. Jim. That's too bad. I, I'm struggling. But. He's kidding, mostly. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, a rough weekend for Jim. I'm sorry. Too many events. Too many, Too events. many events. It happens. It happens. Yep. Wow. That's that's the so problem. So how did events. your how did you start your shop? I mean, besides just you know driving down the street, seeing this building, mm-hmm. you know. Well, I um, I was driving down the street in another neighborhood, and I saw a buffet on the side of the road, and it was beautiful. And I thought, I can't believe someone's giving this away. And I was living at a place that had this big garage, and I brought it back there, and I painted it and this guy came over and he said oh yeah that looks like someone had a professional paint job <laughs> he was a douchebag but um that's why i, I could I, tell I, by I your insect yeah. douchebag yeah voice. the way you he were doing that i was like oh okay so <laughs> he was, didn't it was yeah. a compliment but yeah nevertheless yeah. right um and uh i was like oh yeah i did that and so i found myself out in my garage until late at night just 
for fun doing furniture and and then I'd get up in the middle of the night and go back out to look at what I'd done you know and oh, it was yeah. becoming just what I was naturally doing and then I'd get free furniture all over Craigslist you know all the time there's so much and then I got fired from my job for not uh, you know being someone else's idea of perfect and I decided to define my own perfection and um, and I went and got a job later that day as a vendor selling at a place called Cottage House, which um, was, you know, upcycled, repurposed furniture and home decor stuff. And uh, I started the next day, started selling my stuff. And then I left there and I got a studio So because I, I was doing so much stuff. Mm-hmm. And then um, I asked my dad for a small loan and... He had uh, throat cancer at the time, so I think that the reason he gave it to me was because he wanted to set me up before he died, which mm-hmm. he did, mm-hmm. and he did set me up. And so uh, it sounds like he came through a bunch of times in your oh, life. Oh, <laughs> we haven't even talked about my dad. His name yeah. was Jerry Buchanan, and he just passed away in February of throat cancer. Mm-hmm. And um, he was an underwater filmmaker and photographer and a writer, and uh, he was hilarious. Um, just an amazing guy. I learned a lot from him, and he he financed every project that I ever did. When I wanted to design clothes, he bought me a serger. When I wanted to publish a newspaper, I used to say it was funded by Daddy O Productions, yeah. you know. And yeah. he'd write little articles in my in my newspaper. And he was just a great great guy. He was the one who taught me you can do whatever you want. He made me kind of quit high school. Right. You know, he was like, why don't you just go audit classes at the U, which I did. And um, why don't you just go take classes at MCAD? Go take classes at MCTC. You don't, you just pay. You don't right. have to get credits. And I didn't have my GED anyway. So he was the one that taught me about just, you can do it. Why can't you? Just do it. You want to publish, you know, my brothers and sisters. He was like, oh, you want to publish a book? Let's do it. Write That's it. That's what I was going to ask is, do you have siblings? Yeah, I do. Uh, are you? Did, did he treat? Everyone kind of the same yeah, way. Yeah, he was, he was a fun dad. Or he you made the fun a lot. Do you want to no, no, no. say that you were the he favorite? He was a great dad. Mm-hmm. He's the kind of guy that no matter you know if he, we weren't talking, if we were in a fight or something, he always answered the phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he yeah. always answered the phone. He was a good dad. That's right. awesome. Yeah. That's oh well, yeah. you're doing him proud by all I of am. your right. You have That's to important that to me too. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. I need to hear that. Like, my friends said that to me today. She's like, you're making your dad proud. And I'm like, I know. It, unlike well, he your, ta- he unlike your you son, well. right? Yeah. Not, <laughs> my son who's neglected choices, and poor choices. Me. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so much inspiration right, everywhere. Right. Uh, well, that's sweet. So my dad, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And what about your mother? My mom, she also was a, an artist. She's a poet, and um, she was getting published by magazines and stuff when she was young. I don't know if she's still doing much of that now, but she was a published poet, is a published poet. and So yeah. she's still with us? She's still alive. Yep. Yeah. In Duluth? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. So you get, you get a all lot right. of this, um, just many varied interests from your parents. I mean, it sounds yeah. like they're doing all sorts of fun yeah. and interesting things. Both of them interesting people. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, how many siblings do you have? Seven. Oh. Wow. You're one of eight? I am. Yeah. Wow. I think I might be one of eight. Yeah. I forget because we keep adding new ones all the time, so I can't can't quite. So, where are you in the. Are you oldest, youngest? Second oldest. Okay. All right. And uh, are they Minneapolis or they're. All over. Yeah. Yeah. 
Right, right. Yeah, they're okay. all over Florida. Okay. Uh, Duluth, mostly. Right on. Yep, okay. so what do you do for fun? What yeah. do I do for fun? Let's get let's, down to the yeah, nitty gritty. What, what I use a stiff brush to clean under my fingernails <laughs> on Mondays. That's your day off. Yep, I found yep. that out. So the shop is closed Mondays, yes, correct? Okay. Yes. Yep. But uh, let's say a person is listening to this and they're, you know, they're coming into town and they're, they're going to go to West 7th Street and find your shop. What, what else are you going to have them do? What, do? what do we got here in this town we can we Yeah, can what say? do you What's, do for fun? Are you, are you seeing any bands lately? Are I went out and saw bands last night for the first time. I don't do anything but work. You know, when you have mm-hmm. a business like mm-hmm. this, I don't have an employee. Right. I can't afford an employee, so I'm there 70 you're, plus you're hours a week. It. That's all I do is yeah. go there and work. But, you know, I love it, and it's so fun. Mm-hmm. And I've had 20-hour week jobs that were far more painful than this one is. Oh, so. Those are the worst. The and worst. So do you, uh, I mean, I can only imagine, you must, the phone must be call, ringing, you know no. what I mean? As people are, how do they find you to, to say, hey, I have something I want to mm-hmm. maybe give to you, Can you, or will you buy it, or will you come to my house, or how does that all, I mean. I don't really do a lot of that, and no? I would discourage anyone doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, I get quite a people, few people who stop in, and I don't really work like that. As far as consignment goes, I do work with other people, but mm-hmm. it's usually for larger items or larger amount of items that I do consignment with. I don't mm-hmm. just buy from people off the street, really. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we try to limit the amount of stuff in there, and I think that's why it's different is because it's very curated. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have shit to sift through. You're not. It's not a digger store. Mm-hmm. You know, right, it's, it's more right, set not. up into, you know, little vignettes everywhere. Yeah, you go through and you're going to see, you know, really cool stuff that's been picked out. That was really fun when we uh, came and visited you the other day because as walk as we were walking through your store, I mean, you kind of have like this these scenarios. Yeah, you know, like little stories, like. I mean, Sarah, you didn't get a chance to come with us, but I mean, it was really, I, I loved it that we walked through it and it's like, it's almost like, um, like, a, like a it's a little bit like a theater for right. me, oh, yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Uh-huh. Cause it's like, you kind of walk through this, this story, you know, and you're like, okay, so this area I'm thinking, you know, you kind of described your situation and where these things live yeah. sort of you know in almost in your mind you know and then we go to another section and you're like and now this is this area you know it's it's sort of interesting um in a narrative way like that like like it's almost like an experience you know like a theatrical thank you and it should be i think because i've got a long performance background and and I, in filmmaking too I'm doing a lot of these days and so for me telling a story when you come in is really important like when we you know I showed you the photographs by Elizabeth von Berenberg she was yeah. a darkroom technician in Germany and in St. Paul here or there we're in Minneapolis today <laughs> but she was an interesting woman and as a darkroom technician she collected photographs that she didn't necessarily take but that she liked she curated this collection and when she passed away her family gave me boxes and boxes of photographs and um so you can go and you know look through them all they're getting kind of picked over now i've had them for over a year but you know that's the kind of story i like to tell about these people this was a really interesting woman and uh, she wrote a book she was published she was just her friends loved her and took care of her at the end of her life and and so there's a lot of stories to tell in the store, and that's why we just don't bring in big loads of crap. I'd rather have yeah. stuff that I have a connection sure. to and that mm-hmm. I can, when I pass it on to you, you know where it came from, and you're, you can take inspiration from Elizabeth and her, her beautiful view of her work um, right. and carry it on into your own life. And 
Yeah, so, I mean, so that, that say, oh, really, well, that really stood out to me, the fact that you do know, I mean, you have something to say about the objects in your store, yeah, yeah. you know? I mean, you know their history, Yeah. you know? And, A lot and, of them uh, I do. And even that story you were telling about the gentleman that came in and, and uh, he makes the wings now, oh, those yeah, wings. I mean, that amazing. is like, I, I just thought like, huh, that's a very caring thing. I mean, you just, you know, kind of describe something and then this gentleman makes things now. Well, not you know, everybody he's an reacts artist. like that. You yeah, know? right. But he was he was a doer. This mm-hmm. guy came into my store a few months ago, a couple months ago, and he's like, you know, I, um, I do chainsaw carving and I do eagles and fish and bears. And I was like... And he said, you know, I'd like someone to paint them so maybe I could get some more money for them. And I said, well, first of all, eagles are totally out. You need to do something cooler. Let me show you some pictures. How about some angel wings or a mermaid? I'm like, you've been waiting your whole life to carve a naked woman with your chainsaw. I loved it when you that said that. That is today. Yeah. And uh, I showed him pictures. I showed him how to look up pictures on, and I showed him Pinterest. I'm like, look at this. He's like, oh, okay. And, uh, he came back that day with a 30-pound angel wing carved out of a slab of black walnut, and it was half done. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and uh, he came back four days later with them completed. Wow. And we sold them. You know, it was a couple weeks later, and now I've got two more painters in, and they're beautiful. We've got a big dragon in t- now, too, which I'm painting. And uh, it's just, it, it was, you know, that was running across someone who was very receptive to... Um, kind of just being directed where he could best use what he was doing. And right. boy, did he take it and run. Wow. Yeah. It's very cool. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That, uh, it's nice that you do that for people. Yeah. You well, know? I get inspired by them. You know, yeah. I've got a lot of ideas, so it's best when I can give them to some right. other people. And we saw the dragon piece yeah. sitting it's there, cool. which is pretty, it's pretty is it bad. Big? Is it yeah. Large? It's, yeah. It's totally big. I mean, it's, it's well, no, it's like, about this big. Well, it seemed bigger. No, so it'll be like this. It'll uh-huh. be about three yeah. feet. Yeah. Big tongue that comes out out of black walnut. So it looks like meat, this this wood, the way he carved it. Wow. And then he took deer horn antler tips for the teeth, and he stuck them in there. And then the glue that he used to stick the antlers in as the teeth kind of came out and looks like drool right so he just you know he was this guy who you know he doesn't come off as like he's just a chainsaw dude you know and and all of a sudden he has found this thing in himself and he's an artist yeah and he you know he didn't even know it he just just he just just likes a chainsaw you know and he's like i'm gonna i'm gonna start you know i mean that's a great with the glue though like how he recognized oh the glue's running out well i'm gonna leave it like that it looks like drool it doesn't have to be perfect and yes yeah that's the artistry right and that's the most important thing in the work that i do is to to make sure that i mean i can't make anything perfect and if i try to make it perfect i'm never gonna get done and so i build the imperfection into all of the designs that i do um i just finished a bench and instead of trying and i hand painted a bunch of the fabric that i put on there so instead of trying to make it perfectly matched i made it purposefully mismatched that's way that way whatever happened on the right side didn't matter it's just gonna that's the way it is so I don't have to worry about me. And that's the beauty. And we talk a lot about home decor. That's the beauty, I think, for me in finding a special piece. If you want perfection, go to a big box retailer and get something off the shelf that 20,000 other people are going to have. So I think from Sweden, because they like that. I do. I think stuff. Yeah. For me, I guess that's almost an art form, the minimalism, but perfection where it's this mass produced, then it just becomes so generic. There's no beauty in it. So I can appreciate that. 
yeah. uniqueness being built into There's so that. many broken things. You know, there's beautiful sculptures that I have that have a chip out of it. I personally could care less. And if you do, I'm not your store. Like, I'm saving things that are so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And, and those are the marks, like the lines in our faces, mm-hmm. you know, that mm-hmm. this object has made it this far and only had mm-hmm. a chip out of it. You know, I love that. I love that. It's like a well-worn, like a that type of environment where you feel like a world traveler because you have all these well-worn objects and things that have lived a life and even if you don't physically have the chance to do that you can certainly surround yourself with objects that tell that story yeah Mm -hmm. and when you die pass them on and yeah think about that stuff too when that stuff is sitting there you know you walk in like i'm looking at this art magazine since 1981 someone has kept this with them this entire time you know and when you know let's say i just brought in a couch from one who was in her 90s and she kept that couch perfect for a really long time and so like when i hand over a vintage hat to a little girl i say to her this was belonged to a woman who kept it perfect Mm -hmm. for 70 years Mm -hmm. this is from when she was a young woman and and Think of how hard she had to work to keep it so perfect. So I hope you'll do the mm-hmm. same. Because I think of all the things that I had that were cool and old when I was a kid that I destroyed and right. that I totally regret. So I'm trying to you know, tell these kids, take care of this. Think of how someone else took care of it for you to have it now. You know? Well, and, and kids, you should sort of have a collection of things that are for destruction and a collection yeah. of things that are for preservation yes. if you're a kid. So that you, so you learn a little bit of both. It's okay yeah. to break something. But it's also important to preserve things. Yeah, break so. that china. Yeah, <laughs> evidently. Sell evidently it to me first. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I've, got, I've got a line on some spode. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys. We uh, we have done it. I mean, I, it wasn't like it felt like a lot of effort or anything, but we have done another 30 minutes. We can keep <laughs> moving or we can we can call it a show. It's up to you guys, but... Usually, oh, sorry. Too bad everyone's the audience at me can't as, vote. I know. Right, right. Right. Everyone's looking at me as if, like, like, this is what we do every time I, when we get I, 30 minutes in. Yeah. Right. I, I mentioned, to, uh, so we don't know what your day looks like and how much time you have. We've, we don't ask the right can questions. We, can we only talk for like 15 more minutes? Yes. Of no, we can talk for, I mean, we can talk for 15 minutes. We can talk for 18. We can talk for an hour and a half. We're good. I know no one will listen that long. Okay. You want another 15 minutes? You would be surprised, Amy. Really? Do you guys give data on that? You can see who's listened straight through? Well, no. Yeah, see? Not quite yet. Yeah, ex- except I mean, for the people that I know that say like they, oh. they've listened to every single. Oh yeah, episode, I have those people too. You know, and they're like, you believe them? Oh yeah, I, I know they're telling I the need truth. Data. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. I wouldn't believe anybody. I assume no one's listening. That's <laughs> well, that's what we used to assume. We do have some metrics yeah. now that oh, show it's changing. Right. So yeah, that's it's that's like the goodness. who out there is crazy enough to listen to these things? Oh, I mean, I mean, that's... you're the best people ever. I'm totally kidding. Sarah gets immediately incensed. <laughs> Do not insult our audience. No. I'm not. I'm joking. I know you are. I know. Um, yeah. So okay. You want? I, I'm. I think 15 minutes sounds great. And, and we, I, I don't. Do you need a break? No. Let's just get Do you? this over with. And I'll wrap get it you up. some water. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, why don't you? Why don't you direct us somewhere then? What do you want to talk about? I would like to talk about how I insulted my friend last night. God, let's go. Uh, she put on Weezer's version of Scrubs, and I thought it was such an offense to everything that right. I was thinking after several glasses of wine. Oh. And I think I insulted her taste. 
Really? Yep. I didn't know that they've done a a version of Scrubs. They right. did the Toto song, but yeah, that was an abomination too. You know, <laughs> I'd like to talk about this. You Is know, when we it? drink, yeah, oh. and how like music sometimes, if it's bad, can hurt you, and how yeah, you need yeah. to keep that when to you're yourself. Drinking? You are talking to the crowd. Yes. Well, I don't know that I feel yourself. that way. Well, I don't know. I sometimes well, what people do you li- need to What do you hear. like? What are you listening to right now? Is there anything that that's on your radar that you're liking that's new, Ooh. or is it? My latest favorite artist is a guy named Ganja Sufi. I think he's out of L.A. and he does kind of a hip hop, but it's sampled and it's R and B and it's sometimes it's weird. And he's got some samples of uh, Middle Eastern music. It's I'm really into music that um, brings a lot of different things into one, like the band Gorillas. They're mm-hmm. doing yeah. everything mm-hmm. within one. I like collaborations. You had, you had the gr- Gorillas uh, T-shirt. I know. The I'm other day. like a super. Why don't fan they come on tour? An embarrassing degree here. <laughs> They're always I noticed. in Europe. <laughs> yeah, they're doing the good, the bad, and the queen right now mm. over at the festival circuit mm. in Europe right now. I wish I was there. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what happened? So Scrubs is on. Weezer's doing it. You're I said, like, oh, my God, this shut sucks. this off. Why, do, why are they doing this? I said, why? <laughs> right. Why? Well, it's a good question. Why Why, why are they doing no, that? No, there's no reason, Weezer. <laughs> right. Go back to other stuff. <laughs> right. That Africa like... song sucks, you know? <laughs> this is what I'm learning. I need to keep this to myself because it may it makes people feel good. They love thinking of Africa. Some people oh. love to hate Weezer for some reason, too. Only recently when they did yeah, this. Yeah, I like Weezer. Hash but pipe. It's this, yeah. You know, they're yeah, dying. No, yeah. I don't, I don't love do Weezer. You do? No, I don't. No, I don't either. They're a little too easy. Yeah, and it just becomes a little too contrived sometimes. I mean, it's just I like trauma. But I like yeah. that about them. I, I don't. They're not like my favorite band ever, like some people or whatever. But like, I like that they're predictable in the sense that, like, when you that they try to be so unpredictable. Like I their like, tour with Sugar Ray. Yeah, that was a joke too. Really, that was Sugar joke. Ray? No, you, no, so you, that's, you think that's they're trying to be unpredictable? Because I feel like their music, like, I recognize it right away as Weezer. It's got the well, yeah. Weezer stamp on it of right, some sort. Right. Like, they're it's, only it all sounds trying to, to be so, I don't know. The oh. Africa thing, I mean, they're just a little too hip for me, maybe. Well, I don't know about Or that. trying to be. Well, the Pe- Africa thing, they were basically goaded into that by an internet They audience, were, actually. Weren't they? Yeah. Like, yeah. I know what this is, and I've seen it. It's a frightening <laughs> phenomena. And I know this ages me, but... It's it's young white men, and they're coming into my store, and they're buying what people call yacht rock. And we were it's, just talking it's, about it, yacht. It, we were. I don't Holy understand. Shit. I was on my way here, and one of those songs came on. I started. Sh- I didn't know that I was doing this, but I went like this, Ugh! and I shook and got it off as quick as I could. It was like a disease coming through the radio to attack my brain. So you like, don't have strong opinions about. This, I have very you, strong reactions to music yeah. that doesn't like trip my triggers. Right. And it does. I went into a pet food store, and they were playing like something to the equivalent of t- Toto. And it literally made me nauseated. But it and wasn't And I was going to throw up. Something like that. Right. Doesn't even I matter. I get like that with um, current pop music. Mm-hmm. I really couldn't tell you half the names of people, but I hear that Good. in a store or something. And I, what did, I was just reading an article. Um, I'm totally blanking. Allison Mosshart. Yeah. And yeah, she, that's the right. The lead singer uh, yeah. for The Kills. Yeah. And right. she... 
she's talking about it was just National Dive Bar Day. How did we not know this? It was just a few days ago. So oh, they did the well, Kills. Every day is dive bar I know. Well, <laughs> the Kills did some type of collaboration thing, but she's saying when I'm I love a good dive bar because it's very neighborhoody, and I, you'll always find me at the jukebox, and that is like my happy place is being in a dive bar, and I'll always be at the jukebox, and I'm very particular about what is played, and I'll kind of suss out the crowd, like, well, what are people going to react to? Because, yeah, it's one thing that it's mine, but it's stuff that I love, and that other people will be like, oh, this is such a great song. Right. It's a good feeling. Yeah, you But and it's music. So I know, my music. sister and I, and it's yeah. the same thing. Like, you want to curate your playlist, what you want to hear. So I don't think that's a bad thing. Do you, do you, have, a, like, do you have a music service that you use to make mm-hmm. sure you always get the music you want? Yeah, I um, actually put a lot of effort into my store playlist, which is available mm-hmm. on Spotify. It's the Center oh. for Lost Objects oh. store playlist. Oh, oh. now. Yeah. Now we're talking. Okay. Oh, I'll, there's probably 15, 20 hours on there now because I, I that's all I do. I listen to music all day long, and I think that's a part of when you come into my store. Yeah. The music is a huge part. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, it's not... It's not too loud, no. but it's it's there. Yeah. And I'm actually sometimes I DJ. Yeah. If you come in and of I course. see certain people, I'll go and switch it up to some other stuff. So this yacht rock phenomenon. Ugh. Well, yeah. You know what? Though? We literally, uh, we're it, just talking about. Yeah, it, it was. We were, I had never heard yeah. of it until today, and now you just brought it up. Dan Fogarty. <laughs> I I have so, to say I appreciate some of this yacht rock, but I don't like it's being co-opted by. Um, I'm not a huge. But it's being co-opted by young white right. males. Jerry, Why? How Jerry, do their brains get like that? I don't to like know. want that to go because in? Because they think it's the <laughs> they cool it's thing. Cool. And someone is, I, I don't know. I think they think it's cool. I don't know. But what do I know? But you I do love Jerry so Rafferty. Jerry Rafferty. Jerry, we were talking about like Jerry? Jerry Rafferty. <laughs> oh, come <laughs> this on. This is just Amy. not her. Okay, all right. Fine. But <laughs> I did, so when we were at your store, um, I spent a, a little time at the cassette area because i was like oh my god so the one thing that i am very disappointed in myself is that i moved studios like you know i don't know now five years ago how many years don't worry it doesn't matter no one cares anyways (laughs) when i moved studios i had a studio um from 99 till whatever a few years ago where and right here in northeast yep and it was a huge studio and it was all full of my shit and uh, i had hardcore there What's that? Yeah, oh, yeah, we de- definitely partied there. But um, I had yes. a great cassette collection, oh. and I got rid of it. I, I couldn't. Know, we all I did. mean, it was it was killing me to do it. But I was like, I have so much shit, I can't. You and never now, play them. now I have this sweet little thing that I made over there where I just wish I had all my cassettes so I could display them. And when I was in your store, I was like looking at them, and you had oh, you should have really, seen a little tear in his eye. Oh my God, totally because you know. The Aerosmith one was you have, you have a couple Aerosmith that I really like, and oh, I was yeah. like, I was like, damn, I should almost buy this right now, you know. You know but what? I, I, I would bet there's still huge collections of, of there are. tapes out there being given away by people. There are. Right. I've gotten them. Right. I've had. I've, I've gotten no so many. I've had to throw them. No away. one's yeah. gonna have the sweet hair metal. Yes, Some they collection. do. Oh, I think so. still living in his basement with his mother. <laughs> oh, I, Crystal. I, I thought you were going to say the dude that looks just Chris, like you. No, they, well, it's just, they are just like you. They, the Crystal they in Brooklyn Park have right. got all oh, the, the cassette collections. They're in basements. Oh my God! It's cousins of yours you didn't even know were cousins. Yeah. Yeah, I know. You know. I know. You gotta, you gotta reach out to the the extended fam. Jim, Jim just recently went through. Uh, 
so I just discovered my uh, bio family. Oh, so fun. I'm adopted. Yeah. And um, just discovered, you know, oh, I have three half sisters. Reach out to the bio oh, sisters, you know, and the bio. They, they don't. They, they're, they're not going to have the. Your dad passed on some of that. Dirty, <laughs> dirty, grungy stuff to other people too. You know grungy. he did, <laughs> right. right? I just got a surprise aunt. Did you really? Oh. Yep. Found through ancestry, we found, we found a new relative. Well, that's courtesy cool. of my grandfather. Very nice, <laughs> laying, laying some just glad work. I, I don't, I don't even know what I'm saying. <laughs> I shouldn't talk about this. It's yeah, sensitive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. I'm we, sorry. We definitely don't want to get into territory we're not supposed to get into. Jim Jim was just about there with laying something, but I don't <laughs> even know what I'm saying. It's all you good. had a story. You had another story. Oh yeah, with your cassettes, and you had to get rid of the cassettes. Oh, and you cassettes. know, yeah, and just some of the, you know, I just wish I had them. Did you see and my commercial for cassettes? No. Where I saw I live? saw your commercial where you're dancing on the, the furniture, furniture yeah. but I did not see the cassette commercial. I was really proud of cassettes. It's called cassettes. You know what? I saw I saw <laughs> I literal. saw the cassette <laughs> thing there, but I didn't push play on the cassette because I was like, I was laughing so much about the dancing on the furniture. Oh yeah, yeah, like yeah. our furniture won't fall over and. You know, you. you can climb on our furniture, and then, yeah, and then the disclaimer underneath, like, no, you can't. Right. Don't, don't no, do this. Kid. It was children super, should not climb super furniture. Cute, though. They Thank never you. should. Yeah, but children. Did you see our new one stuff. for the T-shirt? I don't know if I did. You should watch that one. It's for I make my mom sad with my choices. Yeah. Well, I I did That's see the yeah. I mean, I saw it on your site. Obviously, I saw it in your store too. I love that T-shirt. Thank obviously, you. That's we, from we my had son. That, yeah, getting yeah. a motorcycle at eighteen. Right. <laughs> you you don't know what you're doing to your mom. Out, right. You know. Uh, I mean, it's just stressful. Jerk. Stressful. Right. So I did, it, I did it when I was sixteen. No, we talked about this. Yeah. Yeah cruel to your mother oh right. it is a terrible thing to do to people all right so you but it feels uh, good riding but around. i, I want to touch <laughs> go back to scrubs real quick so you offended your friend last night are you saying like yeah you shouldn't have offended her hey, i already sent her an email i said i'm sorry if i dissed you did, I, if did i dissed you, weezer and made you did you guys <clears throat> leave like in a huff did you no did not you? at all i <laughs> just <laughs> do you think I'm she's very still sad. salty today no, about it? no no she's so kind I just, whenever I drink, I wake up the next day in a shame spiral, you know, knowing that I was being too opinionated about <laughs> music and yeah. and that I probably talked too much. And so um, I just right away, I knew I needed to apologize for dissing Weezer because I made her feel like she was making a bad choice. Right. In, in her, her taste. In her, you can't yeah. do that can't with do music. can't do that with music. People, no, people can, they find what they want. If, if the kids love the, the damn yacht rock, then let them. I know. <laughs> I know this. I know right. this. But I don't want to listen right. to it. So I'm you just have to. I know. It's you. removing yourself. Well, I'm excited to hear your playlist, actually. It's super good. Okay, yeah. so very we, good. We will link to yeah. your playlist. Oh, do it. We'll yep. link to your commercials and, and the eight listeners that. You know, listen to our podcast. There's let's more than eight. Correct, a few thousand. There are a few thousand at this yeah. point. We feel pretty good about. We're not going to make that I'm joke anymore. I'm teasing again. Okay, yeah. fine. They get so offended by that joke. Uh, <laughs> it, the people who listen, who want to link through to that stuff, can, and that'll be great. It so. touches on all of my rock background, and then also the burlesque stuff. There's lots of good old jazz and old timey music on there. So there's a huge, huge variety of stuff. Sounds sounds good. Yeah, it's super good. I'm excited for it. You really get a glimpse into someone's psyche when you 
share their, you know, listen to their playlist. You figure out something about someone. I'm not sure what you would glean from it, but yeah. there is definitely something to be learned by playlists. I believe there's nothing lame on this playlist. Mm. All right. Okay. I'm trying to think of anything that might be for someone. Not even ironic at all? Like, you, like you love this song, but you hate that you love it, but you no, just listen to it? No, I wouldn't and- risk anyone's... <laughs> anyone not enjoying themselves i have solid people the the kind of stuff that like people come in and go what's this and like i love it with when i get like an older person they're like what's this i'm like it's gorillas they actually you know collaborated Mm -hmm. with these malian musicians and you need to listen to their entire catalog because it's it's everything in one you know right and i like that so when you come into my store i'm purposefully trying to turn you on to music that you've never heard before so it's the experience very nice very cool I like that a lot. All right. All right. So everyone should swing in and visit your store. It is quite nice. The Center for Lost Objects. I didn't get to shame my son on the radio. Oh, you still got a little. I mean, we, well, I mean the, we'll give you the time if it's if it's poor guy. I mean, it's I have so children. It's so great well, you, to shame them. T-shirts that revolve around and the urine chart. Don't yeah. forget that. You know the urine chart. I was thinking about that the other day too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Sunday yeah. morning actually yesterday. My son, I was like, hmm. That thing brought to mind. My son made a a urinal chart, and and marked the number of times he peed in each one at school or whatever. So at home, he's got this chart, and he's like, "Today was this one, yesterday was that one." I don't know what he was. What That's I don't awesome. know what the purpose was, but he just wanted to know how many which he's one marking ended his territory. up. He's, he's a scientist. Yeah, which ended up being his favorite over the course of a year. He's a scientist <laughs> collecting data. Right. Gotta start somewhere. Start yep. at home. Start with <laughs> urine. With P. With P. Yeah. There you go. Start with P. That was one of my number one sellers last year. Yeah, I believe chart. it. I mean, that was that's a really good piece. Thank you. I definitely uh, like that. And you did mention the other day when we were in that people rip your ideas off. Yeah. And so do. if you're listening to this, yes. don't rip off ideas. Just just buy the from the original source. That's a real I source have an of ugly look on my face. Just yeah. so you all know that right now. Yeah, don't steal. That's not nice. It's so easy for them though. How can they resist? Ah. Uh, yeah, but right. it's your it's your idea. Yeah, go but people want to make a living, you know, and uh, and there are people out there that just go cruising on Instagram and Pinterest and they see an idea and it's so easy to do things, yeah. you know. Yeah. I'm not the only one that just does stuff. Some people just go get a mug printer and they right. just start printing whatever they want on mugs and selling them and they see a nice a nice slogan, you know, I make Someone my mom else's. sad with my choices and they slap it on the mug and start selling it because I could not afford uh, a trademark. Well, well plus you, you, you kind of can't keep after everybody to like, I mean, it gets to be difficult. It's yeah, just and, too much. And you, yeah, it's really hard. I won't go look. There's yeah. people selling I make my mom sad with my choices t-shirts and I can't go look because it makes me physically right. ill right. Yeah. and it makes me really mad that well, I those can't are do anything yeah. about it. Great t-shirts and you Thank can get you. them at your shop. <laughs> yes, and you can get them on, do you have an, any online presence with that? Yeah, 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 and actually we're launching a new We. Well, my son is helping me with this. I'm getting a new website up that's through Shopify. So you're going to be getting all of my personal products that I sell and make. Um, They'll be on the website along with all the cards that we sell by Zykon Press and Lunalux. And um, we also sell stuff by Create Laser. They make beautiful earrings um, that she cuts with a laser cutter. They're light, big hoops and bright colors of Mm. like plastic. They're beautiful. And so we'll do all the, the local made stuff online, and then we'll do kind of a selection of some of the more unusual stuff that I have in the store. 
um, yeah. So, so that's, that's coming that's very a good soon. Development. Yeah. yeah. Exciting. We'll make sure we get that link yeah. too. Of course. Of get course. your urine charts there. <laughs> 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 or your assassin earrings. <laughs> right. You can check your dehydration. Or my latest. Chart. My latest is West 7th snake oil for massage. That's really right. cute, oh, too. Wow. I like that. Yep. Sarah, we'll take a little trip. I know. You got to go. I can't yeah. wait. You got to nope. take a trip. Yep. Can't wait. Well, thank you, Amy. Thank, thank you. For coming Amy. in on yeah. this very hot day. Thank um, you. And, and we do, uh, we often... And I want to get you out of here or whatever, let you go. But uh, we'd let you, if you, there's anything you needed to promote that you didn't promote, go ahead. It's good. You got it right now. You're on the spot. <laughs> I think I did. I mentioned my things I make and sell. And Perfect. hopefully people I think will not steal the ideas and come buy them. Keeping artists alive. Food and shelter. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Thank, like thank you. Yes. Right. Thank you for having thank me. You, Thanks for coming in. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah. Okay. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. We love comments and feedback, so go ahead and let us have it. If you'd like to learn more about Andalin and other legacy projects, visit the website at andalin.app or kineticlegacy.us. Take care. Mm-hmm.